Hey everybody, this is Kimia. And I'm Sean. And you're listening to Content and Coffee. Hey everybody, this is Kimia, and today is a bit of a special episode. I'm sitting here with Will from Sasquatch, and they are the first creators of the, uh, the very first growth automation platform. We're going to be talking about a lot of really interesting things today, how he got to where he is, um, what he's working on, why it's important, some common mistakes. And then uh, a bit of parting wisdom, and we might dive into team later on. But uh, let's uh, let's take it away. Why don't you give the listeners an introduction? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I started uh, into tech the way that everyone does. Um, I started building guns uh, for the U.S. <laughs> military. Uh, no, I uh, my, my background's, I think, how actually a lot of entrepreneurial stories go. Uh, I went to school. Uh, I went to school for electrical engineering. Um, in about third year of engineering school, I discovered that I uh, was very unlikely to be a nuts and bolts engineer. Um, I was, uh, I figured this out when I was, um, I was fundraising for a student conference. So I had to raise about three or $400,000 in sponsorship for this conference. Uh, and I was in the middle of an exam and my phone rang and it was one of my like lead prospects for like the lead <laughs> sponsorship of like 60 or $70,000. And in that moment, my logic was, answer the phone, you can <laughs> always retake the course. Uh, now, thankfully, logic prevailed and I didn't pick up the phone, but I knew at that moment that I probably wasn't going to be an engineer. Did you get the funding? Oh, we got the deal. Oh, nice. We got the deal. Yeah, so that's, that's what matters. Yeah. And then, I mean, to be fair, I, I started a small entrepreneurial business at that point. Uh, it wasn't my first business, but I started realizing that I could fundraise uh, for other conferences. Uh, and I started taking on contracts where I would just do that for people um, <laughs> right. while I was in engineering school. Um, and then I, I was in engineering school. I did uh, internships at consultant engineering firms. And when I left school, uh, I did a very short stint working uh, as a consulting engineer. And we built things from security systems to weapons platforms and, and things that have no connection whatsoever to marketing. <laughs> um, but then what happened was we had the economic downturn. And so this I was did 08. 08. Yeah. yeah. So I did the responsible thing. Uh, and I took my last bit of money and I jumped on a plane and I went to Europe. Uh, that is very responsible. That's very responsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just basically backpacked around for a little while, uh, and thankfully, my co-founder uh, Logan Volkers gave me a phone call and said, "Hmm, there's this uh, there's this new program happening at the university uh, for entrepreneurial engineering, and uh, they say we'll get a master's degree and maybe we'll build a company." Uh, and I was like, "Well." I mean, I'm eating a tin can of peaches right now. Well, how I'm, can I say no? <laughs> right, right, well, so I'm like, okay. So, uh, so I went back uh, and I started on this path um, to become an entrepreneur. And so, was that um, was marketing directly obvious? No, okay. um, no. Uh, so, it sounds crazy, but the very first company that me and my my co-founder founded, and, and me and my co-founder have known each other for like thirteen years. We met on the first day of university. Nice. We're yeah. like, like if you ever want to talk to like talk to someone about how to find a co-founder, I have no idea, right? <laughs> Just right. zero, right? Um, but we um we started this first company at the time when the idea of a Facebook uh, promotion was very new. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. I really, those days. yeah, sweepstakes yeah. for likes, totally. right? Um, and so. It was new. It was exciting. We were we were young guys who really didn't know much other than our own personal experiences, and we had personal experiences on Facebook. And we said, "Sure, right. let's get into it." Um, and so Logan and I now say we've made a career of trying to give stuff away for free. Um, it's a lot harder than you think, but that was our first attempt to give stuff away for free was with uh, Facebook um, promotions. And um, I know we'll get to mistakes a little later, but we we did make a big mistake in that business, which is that uh, we became smarter than our customers, meaning we were predicting where the future was going and we were delivering the future without the present needs. Uh, so enough, yeah. we were delivering amazing. A little bit early. Right. And, yeah. and, and then, well, Facebook changed <laughs> the way Facebook worked. Because I was going to say, that's not obviously what you're working no, on right now. No. So uh, we learned about something called platform dependency. Yep. Yeah. And so when Facebook decided that pages were no longer... Um, going to be a thing you could play with. Like you could, you could no longer force one page to load instead of your newsfeed. Right. Um, that was that. <laughs> so quickly, I want to jump back because yeah. you've actually told me this story um, a while ago over coffee. What was your insight for uh, fundraising for the check size? Because I thought that was I thought that was really key. So which check size? Which one are we talking about? Uh, like how much can you uh, sign off with the authority? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I love that. I thought that, was, I thought that was really insightful. Yeah, so one of the things we learned while we were selling that is we discovered um, one of the most important things when we were selling early on especially was we would get these champions. 
right? So maybe it's in a company, maybe it's in an investor, whatever you, whatever it is, you get these champions. And there's a really simple question that also short circuits so much of the process, which is if you can just ask them, how much can you personally sign off on? So when I was fundraising for conferences, um, we discovered that people in oil companies could personally one signature sign off on $50,000 checks. That's a good number to know. So <laughs> lo and behold, we created a lot of $50,000 sponsorship packages, you know, and, and so understanding that was, was key for us. We found the same thing in business. You know, we more than once had a customer that said, oh, I've, I have a $10,000 buy limit. And we said, I got to find a way to make this a $9,999 right. problem for you, buddy. <laughs> right. And, and just recognizing that if you can short circuit those, um, those bigger processes that higher review, it's right. how did you figure that out? Uh, Cause that doesn't seem inherently obvious on its face. It was an accident. Oh basically. really? Basically someone let it slip to me. Oh, um, nice. they just actually, sorry, no, pardon me. The first time we discovered it was because I had a, I had a bank bounce a check on me cause it had a single oh. signature. Right. I didn't even think about it. I didn't know we were being useful, but this check had come in for $50,000, single signature. The bank um, bounced it. They returned it. And I phoned up the person who sent me the check, and I said, the bank says the check needs two signatures. And she laughed and said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, sorry. That is a small transaction around here. And uh, first of all, I knew what she was asked for more light money. Light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, a light bulb yeah. moment. I was like, okay, we need to understand this um, because obviously if, if a single signature gets the day, it gets the money in my hand today, or I have to go through a three month purchasing or review process. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, let's, let's jump back then um, to platform dependency. Mm. That didn't go so well. No. You were delivering the future uh, when yeah. you should have been delivering the present. Yeah. Uh, that has obviously shut down. Yeah. What was the next kind of iteration stage? Because you're obviously yeah. still an entrepreneur. Yeah. You didn't just give up and no, go no. back to Europe my, and your can of peaches. My, <laughs> my, my wife would sometimes love that I just, you know, <laughs> go get a real job, but uh, uh, I don't think anyone will hire me, but if you will. Oh, uh, no. Um, <laughs> no, no. So we learned a bunch uh, during that and we had a small team and- How so, big? Uh, we were about seven, okay. seven people. Yeah. So we, at the time, um, we discovered this, like, this platform dependency issue came up uh, we had a couple irons in the fire on other projects, but they were they were early, too early to, to bank on. Um, we discovered this all. This happened all maybe around like December fifteenth. Okay. So we what, what year? Uh, this would have been two thousand ten, maybe two thousand nine. Okay. So, no, no, no. I'd later than that. Sure. Let's say eleven or twelve. Okay. Bad dates, apparently. Right, that's, um, okay. that's okay. So we um, there was uh, that's when there was three co-founders, and we all went. Uh, pour coffee right? and said, hey guys, like this is pretty much gonna screw the entire product, the entire business, all the traction. Um, what do you wanna do? And so we, we had enough money in the bank account that we could pay everyone out um, till the end of January. Um, so you, you got like a month and a half. You got like a, a month, month and, and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, good shape, yeah. great shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are laughing. So what we decided to do, uh, and maybe it was the best move, maybe it wasn't, we don't really know. Um, we decided to tell no one on the team until the new year that we were pretty sure that we were going to have to do something drastic. Right. Now, the three of us had decided that we were going to try and do something different. Right. Another business. We'd already decided we weren't done. And you guys, you guys had raised money up until the point. Yeah. So okay. we, we had taken money from a, from a super angel. Right. Um, and we basically knew that we could, we, we, we knew we would do something different. We sure. didn't know if they'd come with us. We didn't right. know if the team come with yeah. us, but we didn't want to destroy everyone's holiday break. Okay. Yeah, of like, course. like go, <laughs> don't, don't spend the next two weeks just fretting if you have a job and totally. stressing out. Yeah. So we came back. And we asked the team, the four other people, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, what they wanted to do. And all of us said, let's give it another kick of the can. Uh, let's try something else. Right. So we did what we call a blue sky week. And so we said there were some key learnings we had learned from that, that first product. Wait, back up. What is a blue sky week? So blue sky week, um, I'd like to pretend is a thing, but I think <laughs> sure. we're the only one who's ever done it. But um, basically we gave ourselves five business days to um, go through the entire business creation process um, from ideation right. through to first sales. Oh, cool. So the, I feel like the first sales is key. Yes. Yeah. So it's very key. So the way that it works or the way we did it um, is that on the first day, um, basically everyone was given an opportunity uh, to research. Nice. Okay. So yeah. do some digging, try to come up with like the, the key findings, the key, key learnings that you came up with and then you, you got to get your research. Then on the second day, 
we kind of got into a room and started pitching. Now, the thing is, we have a seven-person team. And you're pitching to each to other. Each, to each other. But yeah. we have a seven-person team that's mixed with primarily introverts. Sure. Okay? So we... <laughs> Those pitches must have been thrilling. Thrilling. So we built <laughs> yeah. a simple process. We said, it's a, you, gotta, you get to pitch your idea three times. Okay, nice. The first time you pitch it, if anyone says anything in the room, they're thrown out. Nice. You just... It's pure silence. There's no it's questions. It's already a small room. Yeah, yeah. You'll <laughs> get really small really quickly. Right. Yeah. So no one said anything. But the idea right. is, like, you get... you. There, there's no one to challenge you, no one to question you. Just tell us your idea. Right. Right. The second time, people were allowed to ask clarifying questions. So this was still, if the question was was a, a critique veiled as a question, it just wasn't answered. Right. Um, and then the third time you pitched it, you were actually allowed to critique it. Okay. And what we found, of course, is that the pitches refined themselves naturally through those three pitches. Right. Um, and also, um, it just gave people the confidence to pitch something. Right. Now, remember, we'd, we'd given everyone the permission to rebuild the entire company in these pitches. It wasn't like... Oh, we should do what we're doing on Facebook, but for Twitter. Right, right. It was like that's still platform dependency. Right. Things can still go badly. We we kind of said the key things we were trying to address were we wanted um we wanted to continue to use what we had learned, which was this power of, of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um we knew that we as a team um were a lot more valuable to companies that had technical team members mm -hmm. just because we were so technical at our core, we, we right. connected really well. And are you personally technical? Like yes. you can code and yeah, all that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I started yeah. I think my I think I started developing around ten. Oh nice. Um yeah. so uh, you know I I'm well versed. Well versed, but my team would, you know. Sure, yeah, of course. Small side note: I used to be the bar when you did our technical test. Right. So if you did the technical test, there was a time limit. Right. If you didn't complete it in that time limit, um, we would we ended our interview process with you. Yeah. And you said, you the, said the, I was the minimum <laughs> bar time limit, right? Um, That's great. So no, so we basically wanted to work with technical people. Right. We wanted to keep doing word of mouth. Yeah. Um, we wanted to work um in an industry that that could value word of mouth. We wanted to work in some way where they how so. So the problem we would get is that we we help promote um, the Quentin Tarantino film Django Unchained yep. on our first Great platform. Movie. Great movie, but we help them get trailer views. Right. And what the heck's a trailer view worth? Yeah, it's hard. No. It's hard to quantify back to ticket sales. Right. So yeah. we wanted to work in an area where we could get that connected to revenue. Right. Where we could we could show e the value. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Naturally, start going to e-commerce. Right. right. But right. basically, it was like we wanted to be able to show ROI. Right. So these are the kind of the criteria. Everyone totally. comes up and pitches it. Right. And then we can you uh, share some of the ideas. To be honest, if you don't remember, I don't remember them, fine. but we yeah. do have them in the like in the archive. Dig them up, they, if you and, can. They, and they're like these like big like a uh, uh, paper that you uh, had like oh, on an yeah, easel, yeah. I remember and like those. they're like yeah. they're kind of faded now. Right. But like we pulled them out a little while ago, and like nice. they're like they, they're really funny. Yeah. They're like they're they're great, but like something you're like, wow, we thought that <laughs> radio, um, but on the internet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we pitched that. Everyone kind of jumbled around during kind of lunch, and then we repeated it, but people had started making new ideas. They'd, they'd, oh, screw my idea. Let's mix these two ideas. That right, kind of thing. Right, right, right. And um, by the end of the day, we got into a problem. Oh, no. We had one idea that people liked. That seems good. Well, the problem is that one idea was like, okay, we're now destined to do this. And sure. it just seemed too logical that we would only come up with one idea worth pursuing. Sure. So um, the idea was rather simple. At the time, um, there, was a, there was a bit of a market for it, which was simply... Um, we were going to take what we're doing with, with word of mouth. We we're going to move it to customer referral programs. And we were going to do that for e-commerce sites like on Shopify mm -hmm. and things like that. Right. And we said, okay, well, like, let's just take this crazy idea. And um, I tossed out there, what if we did it for SaaS companies? Right. Like, what if we did it seems customer logical. referral you for SaaS companies? You can tie back to ROI. Yeah. Right. Um, and no one liked it. <laughs> um, so... Lo and behold, I got to be on that team. Right, um, right. Yeah. And um, so those was, was the first two days. So the first two days we've done our research. We've, we've you know, really um, written down what we've learned. We've right. um, been pitching and pitching and pitching. And then we had the last three days of the week. And we took the two ideas and we put them heads up. And whoever had the most sales at the end of those three days oh, was nice. going to be our winner. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, indicator. And, yeah, yeah. And so we, we, this was not interest. This right. isn't like, oh, I would buy that. Sure. It's like get a letter the, of intent. Like. No, no. The trick was get them to start reading their credit card. Oh, nice. Straight up. Yeah. Still, we, yeah. You need them to start reading the numbers right. and then be like, actually, you know what? We'll just do this later. Right. Um, and um, so you remember, we had no screenshots. Yeah. We had, we did not have a prototype. Um, we had conceptual, I wouldn't even call them specs. Sure. We had like general direction um <laughs> this may work this right. way right. hopefully <laughs> we uh we had a pricing model uh, nice we had to ask for money of course right important. we had a pricing model um and a general idea right 
and like just no credibility cold calling people oh my god we i mean if we could light a fire outside your building and make you (laughs) rush out and then talk to you in the street we were gonna do it and then the other thing was um we wouldn't count any sale to someone you knew oh so you weren't allowed to go phone your friends sure because like please please pretend to buy this hey man like i need 50 bucks right was basically the conversation started having which we just thought would invalidate the test absolutely and so yeah like one of my uh one of the guys on the team literally started on live chat on the site and after 45 minutes had managed to get passed to the cmo wow like and they were probably doing like probably 10 15 million annual return but just like do you, what was, do you, uh, can you say the company? Um, no, okay, but okay. I can tell you they were, uh, they were a large player in the SEO space. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So like a recognizable name. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we, we, we don't want to know that's how yeah, it all yeah, 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 we have a, but, we have a good connection with them. But, um, but yeah, so that's, so that's, um, we just, any way we could do, we just hard cool. hustled it for like three yeah. days. Um, and then the really crazy thing is at the end of the three days, we pitched it to our angel investor. <laughs> it was like, yeah. well, I guess if we're going to do this, we should right. probably tell him. Would um, you, how long How long did he not know from uh, so, bad things going on at Facebook to uh, blue sky phase <clears throat> to he, um, sale, essentially? He had been around our office okay. um, while the blue sky week was happening, sure. but it wasn't privy to like, the meetings. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he knew something was going on. <laughs> right. Because like you don't normally get the entire team in yeah, a room yeah, for a totally. whole day. And, yeah, oh, it's just yeah. a weekly staff meeting. You know, right, right. Um, and yeah, to, to our um, amazement, he was super excited. Yeah. Uh, keen to keep going. Well, um, a, cr- a credit to that that I'll, that I'll bring up is, you know, I, I listen to, you know, Angelus Radio and mm. there's a lot of, like, the tech community is pretty tight here. Mm. Um, many angel investors and VCs invest in teams, not yeah. ideas. Yeah. Right. That's probably a testament to you guys as well. Yeah, and I mean that's that's really been our, our experience with them as uh, an investors. They are absolutely uh, a team. Yeah, that's uh, they, awesome. and, they, and they're a family fund. And, and so right. one of the key things, if you ever work with a family fund, to know is um, in, in a normal VC relationship, um, it's you know some VCs have timelines. Yeah, they have a horizon. Right. Right. So from when they raise that fund to when they need to return the capital, right. the time is constrained by contract. Yeah. Right. So they might have seven years, eight years, whatever their whatever their horizon is. Because it's, it's not their money. Like, it's not their they're money. raising from LPs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But when you've got a family fund, right. it's their money. Right. You know, they are able to give you unlimited, right. you know, runway or able to tell you there's no more runway tomorrow. <laughs> right. You know? So, Thumbs up, guys. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so um, if you ever have a chance to talk to uh, Mark Henderson over at Flow, he has a really good um, kind of way to explain family funds. Right. Well, I have um, Aiden coming on the podcast soon. Yeah. So I'll, so, get, I'll get Mark in after. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, it's a, just like this. Interesting play. So he was yeah. with us. Cool. Um, Wait, Mark was part of your team? Uh, Mark was at one point. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. Not, not during the seven phase, sure. but he yeah, came yeah. in a little bit after that. Sweet. Yeah. They're it's, doing cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and they just did their launch. Or sorry, They're their launch is coming that's, soon. That's not out hence yet. Hence Aiden is on the podcast. <laughs> there that's you right. Go. New, uh, new flow. Shameless yeah. plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that was kind of the, the transition. And then we just hit the ground running. Sweet. Um, so three months after that. Oh, wait, so how many sales? Uh, we did five sales in three days for um, for a product that didn't exist. For uh, how much? What was your pricing? So model? our pricing model, to be fair, our pricing model was pretty easy because it was like ninety nine cents. No, no, it was a, like thousand it was, interactions. <laughs> it was a performance model. Okay, cool. So it was a pretty yeah. low risk. Sure, but they did have to risk the fact that they. So the way that that the the products started out working and sure. still works to some degree is, um, it ties into your billing system. Okay, it ties into your product. Uh, and then it interacts with your customer through like the app and then through email and through other things. Right. But what that means is you've basically just given us every piece of sensitive information that you have. Yeah. Right. And now like, our security practices today are top notch and, and that's all fine. Right. When you're seven people who have <laughs> just reinvented a new business, right. maybe it takes a little more confidence to be with you. Right. Yeah. And so you got to think like our very first, so three months later, we put out our very first product. Right. And there was one screen that you would see as a customer. Oh, interesting. And it was like, you log in and you see this one screen. Right. And all it said was connect to Stripe. Nice. It was one button that gave us complete access to your billing system. That's uh, safe. That was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. There was no reporting. There right. was like there was nothing. It was literally like this You're is like handwriting picture like <laughs> on a white paper and like take a picture. PDF, here's your report. Right, right. No, like charts up and to the right. <laughs> right. Like that was literally uh, how it went. But yeah, three months later, um, we had that out and going. And then um and then we started thinking maybe we should market it, right? Right. It's probably a good idea. It's probably important. So we put a website up. Right. Uh, it was more than once. Oh my god! Go on the Wayback Machine. <laughs> I'll check it out. If I find a picture, um, I'll upload. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but then started content marketing. Right. And so the interesting thing is that at the time, um, before kind of Dave McClure's fall um, from Grace, he was pushing this thing called Pirate Metrics. Right. Which was acquisition, activation, revenue, referral, retention. There's a great video on it. Yeah. I'll post a link. Yeah. But no one was writing about referral. Oh, interesting. I mean, it was just being like, and referral. Sure. And, it, and like, it's an amazing tool, but it was just, and referral. Right. Um, and so we were like, well, sh someone should write about it. Right. And so we Might started well writing about guys. it. Yeah. Right. And I can remember this is an article I wrote, it's like 12 terms you need to know about a referral program. Mm -hmm. uh, and I literally, my, my wife's in the liquor industry. She was doing a tasting. She'd asked me to drive her. So it was at a hotel. Right. I was literally sitting at the bar, over like overlooking this like gorgeous like ocean view, oh, nice. drinking a beer, and I was like, well, "Was this in Victoria?" Uh, this is just up up a uh, oh, nice. island a bit, okay. but yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Well, I should do something." Right. So I start writing this article. Okay. It whatever piece, sure. right? But what we realized, of course, um, through our early talks about referrals, was that there was actually a lot of terminology missing in the oh, industry. Interesting. Okay. There was just a lot of things that people hadn't named and hadn't you know really solidified. So, so they're like using like a, a broader term to describe one thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so we got, you know, so we, we just wrote this piece up and, um, okay, there you go. Put it up there. Right. And it gets traffic. Sure. It gets a lot of traffic today. Yeah. yeah. In years. <laughs> it still generates traffic. Right. Lots of inbound. Yeah. But the most impressive thing to us was, so we launched our first site three months, maybe three months later after that, maybe six months later after that, um, we got a phone call from this company um, called Google. Um, uh, pretty well known. Pretty, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you might have heard of them. You might have heard of them. <laughs> um, and they asked us if we'd bid on a request for proposal. <laughs> now, I'm that's wild. I come from consulting engineering. Like I said, I hate requests for proposals. They're sure. big. They're long. Thank God Google knows how to request for proposals properly. It was like six pages. That's nice. brilliant. Yeah. But what this all highlighted to us was we thought we were solving a problem for startups. We thought that the problem we were solving was that you didn't have the time to build this thing and we're just going to give it to you out of the box. It's going to be great. Right. Well, you start talking to bigger companies, you know, we now work with, with fortune 500s and, mm -hmm. and enterprises around the world. But at the time we didn't realize that, that this problem that we were solving was massive for oh, enterprise. Wow. So, so you just kind of stumbled into it. I hate to say it, but yeah, I mean, we knew right. the problem was there. We just didn't know the market was there. Wow. And so when you look at a, a, an organization today, you, you know, oh, sorry, look at an organization 10 years ago. Sure. It was very easy to say, we have the product team over here, mm -hmm. we have the marketing team on the other, over here, we have a sales team over here, we have the operations, like everything was nice and siloed and it worked. Right. But today, where basically product is marketing, marketing is product, mm -hmm. everyone's in everyone's hair, right. you all of a sudden need something that actually controls that interface. Right. And when you look at a referral program, a referral program needs that interface. So you need to integrate into billing, you need to integrate into the app, you need to integrate into all the apps, Android, iOS, web, um, you know, you need to, there's so much coordination that it's actually really hard right. to do, right? So a lot of these bigger companies just hadn't gotten around to it. They hadn't gotten around to it. And also it's like, it's amazing when you look at timelines. So this is like a simple thing we, we discovered when the canvas is blank, the amount of time to complete the project is almost infinity. Right. But when you say, here's a product and this is the way it works, it actually really helps people because they're like, okay, you know, this is the way it works. We don't need right. to have a big conversation about how we could do A or B. It just does a when these big companies happen. they're you know they've got the funds right. they have the problem yeah they can just take your out of the box solution and implement it right yeah but what was really cool um, with that request from Google going back to the the content marketing is um, before we signed an NDA which we won't talk about anything after that sure. but before we signed the NDA um, everything them, leading up to the yeah, NDA. yeah 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 we asked a really simple question right which was why are you talking to us. <laughs> It just was the Straight only to the point. Like, like let's yeah. not, let's yeah, not, let's yeah, yeah. not, like, let's right. not screw around here. We, how big was the team at this point? We were seven. Nice. We're seven people. Still, so like, seven strong. Still seven people, yeah. right? Like, I want to make it clear. Like, I'm pretty sure there was more than seven people right. on like the first call. Right. Right? You know right, what I mean? Right. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we got no. Yeah, so, yeah. so we asked them, and they they gave us this answer, which was was kind of, you know, um, flattering. Which they said, well, we think you're the only guys in the industry that can do it. Oh wow. And we're like, oh okay. Were there other players in the space? There were a few at the time. Now, sure. now referrals are is a much busier space, but yeah. there were a few. And um, went, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's great to hear. Sure, I'm not going to dispel them of that. Yeah, of course, okay. Of and, course, we are. <laughs> of course, of course. So, what was really interesting though is that we discovered the reason why. It's because they had been reading our stuff. Interesting. We had invented terms that others hadn't picked up yet, uh, and here they were sold on our ideas right. on our terms and. When you put those terms into an RFP, no one else could compete. Right. So, so content marketing. Content marketing yeah. literally shaped the RFP right. from like 
seven guys sure. in like you know Canada, right. all of a sudden shaping an RFP being done at the Googleplex, right? And then before you know it, no one else can win the RFP because they see all these fancy terms. And they see these terms, these concepts we're talking right, about. Like we right. talk about like happy moments, we talk about magic moments. We had all these totally. different things we were using right. that no one else was using, and right. so all of a sudden you're the only one that can do it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, more of that story though is get your security certifications. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. So, so content marketing has obviously yeah. played a big role in your in your growth. Yeah. Um, was that just you writing the initial articles and like what was your what was your kind of approach to that? Because obviously mm. you know what I'm working yeah. on. Um, I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about kind of that. Yeah. So in in the first product we tried to build, um, which I won't go into all the deals. Actually, we did a lot um, of different tactics in there. Right. But um, I was assigned the department of not dev. Nice. So right. that minimum bargain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's four people in the room. Like, right. This is like earlier. Four people in the room, and I got. Um, I spent about three or four months away from the team. Um, actually, where our, our lead investors' family fund is based. Okay. Uh, out there, and so because of that, it just kind of they started building together. They got a really good cadence together, and right. I became not dev. Now, I mean, it's naturally where I tend towards, so it's it's a good fit. Right. Um, but in not dev, I'm like, okay, well, what the heck do we do? And so this is like, think like, um, oh, nine, okay. 2010. Yeah, yeah. Content marketing, don't get me wrong. Like content marketing was a thing, but it was a new thing. Right. It was the kind of thing that you needed to be like, you know, you needed to be a dumb 23-year-old that's like, I guess this is the way you do marketing. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Right, might yeah. as well. And, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, I was buying stuff from like, um, like AppSumo. Right, or, yeah. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was like, you know, I was all over just like trying Try, to eat yeah, it up. Trying things, yeah. I remember like, re like I was like literally like buying courses and like taking notes on like Ada and like constantly like, okay, okay, like I got to figure this out. Right. Um, and then I just started kind of writing stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was like, we started trying and learning. Yeah. How often were you publishing? So, um, it's a really great question and it depends upon which month you look at because right. <laughs> in the first company, it was really haphazard. Yeah. It yeah. was brutal to be perfectly sure. honest. Um, and it didn't work too well in that industry because we kind of just started like, Spray and praying. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But when we started with Sasquatch, uh, or referral Sasquatch at the time, um, it was much more under under control. Mm -hmm. And we knew we were writing about referrals. Right. And we just wrote about referrals. And so we varied our cadence through through much more methodical testing. Sure. Um, and we, we at one point, were doing, um, we started off doing one article a week. Mm -hmm. um, and then we moved to two articles a week. Right. Um, and at one point we moved to five articles a week. That's quite a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. That we found uh, was not really producing any return for us. Sure. So we actually pulled it back down. How are you measuring return? Yeah. So uh, poorly okay. uh, in the beginning. <laughs> Most people do. It's surprising. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's, uh, I, kinda, I call it the Hollywood effect. Sure. So like if you're watching a movie and they need to like find someone around the globe. They just take this like sideways photo of them that like, you can barely figure who they are, run it through like facial recognition, right. and boom, we it's found like them. The and, ju -ju -ju and the globe spins. Right. Yeah. It's like, and that, yeah, that yeah. just isn't real. Right. Um, and I think that's how a lot of people look at marketing and, and, and technology today is like, totally. you know, it's like, um, so in the concept of like one to one marketing. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article about one to one marketing last week that I was like, this is really good. Who is this guy? And I scroll up to the top to read his name. I hope it's you. No, I hope you wrote, yeah. I hope you wrote Okay, that is a little freaky when that happens when I'm Googling things and right. I find my own site. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. But no. Um, Man, this guy's got so many unique thoughts. <laughs> um, the article was written in 1990. Oh, what? Right? So I'm like, this is like absolute cutting edge the way we think about marketing today. Right. 1990. I'm That's like, ridiculous. So the Hollywood effect where like yeah. you think it's solved. Because totally. yeah, like it's actually for a lot of people much harder than you think. Right. Um, especially when you start talking about like attribution, right? Yeah. So... Attribution um, is a thing that we deal with a lot because mm -hmm. we're always trying to prove that ROI that we talked about of in course. the Blue Sky Week. Yeah. Um, but you know, you got the concept of first touch attribution, last type attribution, yeah. multi-touch attribution, yeah. average attribution, weighted attribution. And also you just like, your brain starts have exploding. You, have you built your own custom models for attribution? Or are you using something like, because I know Google has their pre-made. Yeah, uh, so we, we use a series of, of tools sure. um, that we are basically... Uh, we use what they've built in for attribution for yeah. our content and for right. our for our ads. Yeah. Um, we then use this really like it's 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 a crazy technique we use. Sure. Uh, we ask customers <laughs> um, like because this this is the part of right right <laughs> the, like when you've got so much stuff like this is the problem that, that comes up with content marketing. You know we do video, mm -hmm. uh, we do written, um, we do uh, emails, we do bloody physical products. We send mm -hmm. people like um, the challenge you get to is like people get touched so many times and sometimes they don't even mean to be touched sure um that you just you gotta talk to them right now, the nice thing we have is that because we sell b2b mm -hmm. um 
the number we don't we're not like 10 million customers around the globe like right. we can reasonably get a survey of people totally um but yes we use a few different attribution models the biggest thing that we just try to figure out is um basically is there content that no one's touching right like is there things that no one's touching yeah let's cut that um and then we look at other content we say like what's its place in the funnel mm -hmm. is this awareness is this conversion where is it right um and you know it helps but it's it's still murky, if I'm honest. Like, sure. especially when you get to things like like um, the marketing automation suites do a, a decent job of telling you like what content someone's touched. Right. Right. Marketing automation suite being like a HubSpot or Marketing. Oh Meadow, sure. Or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like those. Gonna... You have to be like your site has to be integrated with them. Like it's a, oh yeah, it's a big onboarding process. No, it yeah. is. It's it absolutely is a is a big onboarding process, and it um it's I mean, it can be really expensive. Too. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, and and that's you know where where you stand on the suite versus the the best in class tools versus totally. your own stuff. Um, you know, you can do a lot for very little. Yeah. Um, if you have the time. Yeah. Right. And that's just the, the trade-off. Um, or I mean, sometimes you pay a lot and still have to use the time, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so we, we don't have a great model, uh, always, but what we sure. do, what we do is just honestly, we keep talking to customers right. and we keep trying to figure out like, was there something that you like that really connected you with us? Yeah. Um, and, and do our best there. And then were you doing any, um, any distribution behind that content? Because like mm -hmm. you know, obviously right now what's really what's really popular is yeah. you'll look at your content funnel, yeah. and then you'll say, okay, like if I pay to fill the top of the funnel, yeah, and then you know it'll trickle down. Yeah, that's really powerful. So what did you guys do around that? So in the beginning, we really failed at distribution. I'll be honest, okay. uh, and I think that's a really common thing that that people do. They they start writing and they just kind of assume the Google machine will pick it up just and somehow that. that'll that'll work. Right. And the worst part for us is it kind of did. <laughs> okay, like that's the problem. Is like <laughs> very false sense of <laughs> right. success. We were writing in a space. We picked the space to write in because no. One was writing in it, and was that including keyword research or yeah. just? Oh no, we, yeah, we know we did. I mean, we did our okay, keyword research, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, but when we knew roughly, but I mean, it was one of those things where like we did keyword research, but the word that was found was called referral program right. was open, right? Like, like we were like we had That's such a big such, word, we had yeah. such a broad field to play yeah. in that that it really was just the Google machine picking it up, right? Um, and I mean, like it's it's crazy today. Like when I'm like, I'll be googling something, like trying to find a stat. Like, oh, I remember that number somewhere, yeah. and I'm like, oh, there it is. We're the number one listing <laughs> right. with that stat, That's right? Awesome. Of course. Yeah. So we we kind of got this false sense. Um, but as we kind of hit diminishing returns, you know, we were seeing like twenty, thirty thousand visitors a month to the site. Sure. And we were trying to grow it, mm -hmm. and we started running to this like, uh. Where thirty k is kind of your yeah we capped out really yeah. right we're like okay we we can't produce more content right uh, sorry we sorry we can produce more content and it doesn't deliver any more results sure um and so then we said okay well let's do distribution mm -hmm. right and so that's when we started working with some different groups actually because um, we were never particularly in house strong at distribution mm -hmm. um and we started working with some people that that started doing distribution for us um and sure enough we saw some growth right one of the problems that we kind of saw though is that the we kind of lost sight of the, the the goal of content marketing at that point. Mm -hmm. um, because like I just said, page views. Are just page, page views. in yeah. a business where you sell a product right. don't make you money. Right. And so we kind of started focusing on the wrong thing. Because um, we, we just like, when you start writing, it's like, it's like you start putting this content out there and it's mm -hmm. like, um, it's like addictive. You're like, wait. Well, it takes time to create the content. Yeah. And then, it, you know, the more page views you can it can look like it's correlating to success right and you oh, feel amazing. good about yourself i wrote totally. this piece like yeah. all this traffic coming across there the problem of course becomes that um you know when they're not converting and at the point we were taking a model that was taken from medium so mm -hmm. like the publishing not tool? medium um i don't know why i said medium buffer oh right totally different yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but buffer and buffer's mo content model was they would write content for their core customer base mm -hmm. and then they would write content that would be read by people who know people in their core customer base. Oh, interesting. And they basically just wanted to make their name as big as possible. Sure. Right? Which, well, they've done a phenomenal job with their own content marketing. Right. And so, yeah. and that was a great strategy for a free to $20 a month tool helping you manage your social media. Of course. Um, we weren't. And you can tool. also track attribution a lot easier through that too. Yes. Like how many page views into conversions to buy. Right. right. So we, um, we still got a little lost in that path. Right. Um, and one of the challenges I'd say with distribution today for the B2B businesses um, is genuine B2B influencers are are pretty hard uh, to get on board through like a, a pay-to-play model. Sure. Like yeah. you're looking consumer influencer, like, yeah, pay a guy who has a beard to talk about beard oil on Instagram with, right. you know, 10,000 followers. Oh, the Instagram influencer market is just it's, right. ridiculous. And it's like, and it's literally, it's like, 
you can go to half a dozen services, pay money. Totally. I've been told I have a beard, and so this makes me happy. I've been told <laughs> that men with beards are the most expensive influencers. You also have per, glasses, right? Which probably adds a pretty right. So I'm I'm basically uh, if this doesn't work, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're an Instagram influ influencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so no, so that, so we um, we learned slowly over time that to right. try to do better with distribution. Um, but yeah, now we've we've changed our content strategy uh, even further, and now we are we're really back to our basics mm -hmm. of, of creating content on our this at least on our, our corporate site, creating content uh, that speaks directly to the problems we solve, right. the problems our customers have, um, and is really probably only interesting to our customer base. Right. Um, but you know our customer base is very interested in them. Totally. And so while our page views may not be high, um, they're they're serving the goal, which is to educate people about the problems we actually solve uh, and and engage them in that conversation. And then hopefully when they have budget and the need, they, they think to come talk to us. But right. truthfully, we're just trying to talk about the problems we solve. Right. We're talking directly to our audience. And I think today in content versus like 10 years in content, you have to stay like super focused mm -hmm. on that, that message as to who you're talking to. Right. Um, because... It's not the wild, wild west where you can just go no, take up no. 45 keywords in an <laughs> afternoon and pff, we're, we're right. the boss. Right. I mean, we used to be able to publish an article and within the afternoon we were number one oh, wow. uh, in our, like, on the list, if right? Only. If only. If only now, right? Yeah. That ain't the case yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, that's, re that's really interesting. Um, you, know, what, you know, one of the things that I preach about, I ghost it all the time, is write to your customers' problems mm. because it's very intent-driven. Yeah. And it's very, so you just reiterated that point beautifully. So talk about what you're working on now and why yeah. you think it's important because obviously Sasquatch has grown quite a bit yeah. from what it was. We've grown quite a bit. Um, we're, so we've, been, we've had the luxury of working with brands really around the world uh, in almost every sector you can imagine uh, that has digital. Um, and from Fortune 500s to two guys in a basement. Right. Okay. And we started with referral programs, but we discovered a much bigger problem along the way. Uh, and basically, to put it simply, it's that customer marketing is broken. So today, everything is about the front of the funnel. Yeah. You know, if you look at it right now, uh, a company spends 92 times, um, sorry, $92 to acquire a lead and $1 to convert them. We are so heavily weighted to the front of the funnel. Um, and that's not really anyone's fault per se um but we are we're spending so much time and money in the front of the funnel that we kind of forget what happens about conversion we definitely forget what happens about lifetime value right and so as a marketer or a support person or a product manager all of a sudden the executive teams are coming to people saying um yeah great on the leads but we need you to help us grow the value of that customer across the entire organization right so you're like wait a minute i used to do billboards and i thought i was pretty cool because i figured out how to do websites <laughs> but now I'm doing product, right? you know? And so we've got these teams that aren't used to really working that tight together. Um, now they're like in each other's backyards. Yeah. And so we say customer marketing is broken because it's, it's all focused on more in the top mm -hmm. and there's not enough around how do you actually convert them and how do you actually increase that lifetime value? Right. So, so is that like a mid-stage funnel approach? Yeah. So basically yeah. we say, if you want to take like a, not, you know, so we look at the, the consumer to small business market primarily, but right. if you were to, you know, everyone knows kind of like the Marketos or the HubSpots. Yeah. Totally. No, those guys are really focused on traffic generation yeah. and lead capture. Right. And like, obviously you need those things. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And then when you move anywhere further down, let's call it, let's go to onboarding for a second. Mm -hmm. um, you, what do you get? You get uh, emails. Yeah. Emails. Right. Emails. Right. Emails. Just more and more emails. Emails. Yeah. And you get this little drip campaign. Yeah. And then they kind of say, well, you know, anything else you should really get your product team on. We should really get, you know, you're going to have to build that. Yeah. And the, the problem, of course, is um, any, anything that's going to require your product team is going to take six weeks. Uh, and that's at the minimum. And that's not six weeks necessarily of effort. But there's going to be coordination, design, priority. There's all sure. these things. When in reality, you can you can send that email in, call it minutes, but really an sure. hour. Yeah. Why can't you create a mid funnel marketing program in in minutes? And so what we do is we allow people to do things like uh, acquisition offers. So if you want to say you're expanding into uh, a new country, mm -hmm. you're doing a real push. Right. Well, it would literally take you on our platform two minutes to create a program that's going to give everyone who signs up from that region a ten dollar credit a 15 percent discount oh, a free awesome. month very cool whatever it yeah, is yeah. and then you can move down the funnel so okay um people who have been a free customer for over three months and have looked at these six things right. we're going to give an offer to and how are you tracking all that data for those individuals because that yeah. seems like a lot of like very 
specific so, things. Yeah, and so that's where we we basically were integrate once, mm -hmm. um, configure forever. That's and awesome. So you yeah. install us into your app, into your your web app, your mobile app, right. uh, into your billing system, um, and we just basically kind of latch in. And so yeah, you've got to get us installed once, but now you as a as a marketer or success person or product manager, you never have to go back into that dev process. That's awesome. For a new program. That's incredibly so, powerful, yeah. Right, and, and then what we have is we have this library of programs. So like I said, you can do this like regional program. Right. There's you know many, many others you can do. Right. Um, but if you want to be a real nerd and a real power <laughs> user. Um, Most people do. Right, right. Yeah. You can actually uh, go in and build your own programs. Nice. And so um, right now, if you, do, you just need like a little bit of JavaScript experience, so like sure. your front end team can do it. Right. We're, we're improving that process further. Um, so you don't need to know any code, but you could go in and build what in the past would have been you know, like a custom development project mm -hmm. and boom, it actually comes out with the analytics you need. It comes out with the nice. fraud prevention you need. Yeah. Uh, it comes out with um, all the integrations, like all the hooks you need. Um, right. And so, yeah, so we really look at this and we're trying to make, we're trying to make customer marketing substantially more profitable. Mm -hmm. We're honest. It's like yeah. you've spent all this money to acquire customers. Right. We're the logical piece that comes in to say, okay, let's make sure, or sorry, acquire leads. Yeah. We're that piece that comes in and says, let's make sure they become customers. Let's totally. make sure they become really good customers. Uh, and let's make sure that if they do stop being customers for a moment, we bring them back. Well, I was going to say as well, like as you described that process, it sounds really powerful for, you know, extending the value of your customer if they're already a customer. Right. Right. Because then you can add them to some kind of campaign well, and then away you go. You, this is our simplest, you know, simple idea. Um, and most, I think most businesses would agree with this. If someone has spent, you know, nothing to the top 5% of your customer base. Mm -hmm want to do something for them, right? I would imagine so. Right? <laughs> now, that's pretty easy to do if you've got 100 customers. Right. I run a little report. You yeah. find the five guys. You phone them. You're like, you're amazing, John. <laughs> right? But when you've got five Very million. Old. I like your old-timey accent. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> Very like 1990s or 1920s. Um, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, when you've got five million customers or even even really 50,000. Right. Um, it gets a lot harder. It gets a lot harder. Uh, and then, especially you start looking at businesses that are in multiple regions, multiple, you, there's just, there's so much little detail to it. Right. Um, it's extremely valuable, but you know, you want to be able to, to make that happen, not with six weeks effort, but with, uh, you know, one day of effort or less. Right. So, well, now, like now more so than ever, just things are piling up on people's plates. Like, yeah. There's always more to do. So eliminating all those, all those steps. Wait, so are, we, have awesome. this, we have this idea. Um, we actually say that a lot of marketing tools are work multipliers. Like they, they analyze. <laughs> so true. Right. So they, true. Oh, I got the great analytics. Now we just need seven analysts to review the analytics. <laughs> right, right, right. right. And then they're going to, they're going to get a project that's going to get the development team and, and all these things. Right. We try to be a force multiplier. So our goal is to actually say, instead of needing that custom development team, instead of needing all of those other meetings and all that time and effort, one person should be able to do the job of your entire like growth team. Yeah, totally. Right? And you know, maybe maybe it's two or three, but you've got enough customers that that ROI is really paying off. Um, and one of the things we did, uh, we just did a survey. Oh, we haven't officially released it, but a little, little sneak Inside peek. info. Inside info. Nice. Um, so what we found is that 70% of marketers that we surveyed, and we surveyed marketers from every continent but Antarctica. Sure. Um, yeah, it's what? we're still trying. Oh. We're really trying. <laughs> really hard to reach. Right? right? <laughs> but we have we do have users from Antarctica. <laughs> Which is, no, actually? Yeah, we, oh, we wow. actually had end users <laughs> use our promotions from Antarctica. That's awesome. Um, but no, um, we found that 70% of uh, people, the, sorry, 70% of people um, say their biggest blocker for launching a growth program right. is people. Oh, wow. Just like internal team? Yeah, or? it's like just having access to skilled, technical, or right. marketing, like just skilled people. Right. So people are the number one blocker for launching growth programs. Um, oh, I had no it, idea. Yeah, and we're, just, we're all resource capital. Like you said, we've all got more stuff on our plates. We, uh, we all have a million things to try to manage. So we have to be a force multiplier. We totally. can't be another work multiplier. They've got too many of those. I'm actually going to steal that term. Yeah, force, force, force multiplier because... Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with Ghost, that are actually are like our platform usage is quite low throughout the week. Yeah. And then it spikes at the end of the month because everyone reviews their content. Mm. Um, but like, you know, managing all those people, yeah. I can just pitch it now as a force multiplier and say like, hey, look, you don't have to write in your content anymore. It's just not yeah. for you. Right? And, and that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to feel that force multiplier. And uh, years ago, I was listening to a talk uh, by the founder of um, Goodreads. Right. Oh, nice. And uh, they were acquired, acquired a little. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. I was the yeah. acquisition? I thought it was Amazon. Could be Amazon. I think they're they all were in books. I don't. They were acquired for I sure. I might have just pulled that out of my ass. I don't yeah, know. well, that's how most of my <laughs> most of my life goes. Um, and he, you know, he made a simple point, which has always stuck with me, which is, um, if you can test faster than your competitors, you will beat them. So if you run six tests and one of those six tests actually works, that's great. The thing is, if you can run sixty in the time your competitor can run six, that means you will get ten that work 
right. to their one, and you'll take them in the growth game. Well, that's the exact same thing we're trying to do. Instead of you needing to like, oh, I saw this really cool, you know, uh, post first purchase offer done by this group. I yeah. wonder if we could get that done. And six weeks later, it comes out. You're like, hey, I saw this really You're cool. already behind. Yeah. You're behind. With, you know, with, with what we're doing, we're saying um, it don't take six weeks. Literally take 60 minutes. Right. That's amazing. Know, and just bang it out, run six tests, innovate, you know, iterate, iterate, iterate. So, you know, the amount of speed boost we give someone is insane. Right. Um, and then we do this other thing that's really cool, which is uh, we make it really easy to show your boss how you're killing it. That's awesome. Because <laughs> we know all great. of us have to report to someone, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's always those, like, those key insights where it's like you, gotta, you have to show these reports. Like I was, yeah. I was talking to Scott like um, – like last week, and he was saying how we should have a mobile app, yeah, but just have it analytics because when you go into meetings, you don't really take your computer; you take a notebook mm. and your phone, yeah. So you just whip it out and say like, "Hey, look, like here's how well we're doing, like up and to the right. It's either right. green or red, right? So like, yeah, no, like it's it's interesting that you that you built that in, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of other stuff that I want to dive into, but I also want to be cognizant of your time, yeah. Um, and I know we're running a little bit over, so what I wanted to ask is um, two more things. Mm -hmm. Do you have any parting wisdom? or particular topics that you want to dive into that uh, either myself or um, the audience might find interesting. So this, this, I'll, I'll share one thing I think that um, that I found super helpful lately. Uh, and this I think speaks to the uh, to the entrepreneurs listening, the, the people of, uh, who are their own boss. Uh, well, are, so, are apparently their own boss. Sure, we all, sure. we all have bosses, but you right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and so this thing I've been doing lately, and I, and I kind of like it. Um, so we all know like performance reviews, right? Of course. And performance reviews do suck, fine. But what I discovered is that... Um, when you're, your board, sure, can do a performance review for you, but it's, they never know you as well. Right. So I, I call it self-performance reviews. And um, it was self-performance review. Um, for me, I do it on every stat holiday. Um, nice. okay. Because the team isn't in. Sure. Uh, and I can do so. And you, and you are in. And I am in, yes, yes. <laughs> right. Yes, it is, uh, it is amazing when you phone on holidays, <laughs> you might just get the top person because, uh, um, but no, so. The sales, idea, sales training tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we uh, I do this, these self-reviews and I literally just lay out the things that I know that I'm doing wrong. Right. The things that I think I'm doing right. Um, and, and just, you know, break it into, and I go deep into my own life. I go into like, you know, your fit, what's my fitness regime like? What's my mm -hmm. eating habits like? What's my, you know, work ethic like? What are the things, you know, that, that are happening? And I build this little self-review. And then every week, it's actually at the top of my to-do list. And I just read over it again. And I'm like, damn it. I still am doing that or like oh really yeah or like oh so you, so you put all the like the things you're doing wrong at the top of your and, to -do and the list? things that i'm doing right okay and, and, cool. and my to-do list like, kind of just lives in this doc and sure. I, I mean I've what got, do you like, use for your to-do list I'm uh, curious. It's google docs nice uh, i mean we have we use jira for all sure. of our actual project management yep. but like this yeah. is just like those like three things i need to get done in the week right kind of uh, list yeah but there it is and it's a reminder and what i found is um being really um it's not strict but being really um professional if you will with myself right has really upped my ability to output interesting um and so yeah i just do these reviews um and they're actually really really good right yeah. just get a cup of tea a cup of coffee and then just bang it out yeah right and i mean you know yourself better than than anyone else very true and that's the thing like performance reviews are when you're doing them with like your your manager are half as much about has your manager seen the behavior yeah then in half as much as have you done it right right like yeah there's, there's ways you try to get around it but like let's be honest at some point um they're not there every minute totally. you are there every minute and you know what you're doing you know you know the habits that are helping you get things done you know the habits that aren't yeah. now you should still do 360 reviews and all of these course. other things yeah but i just think this is a nice thing for me uh as an entrepreneur, i'm gonna try that i like that that's pretty interesting it, it does it does a lot yeah. uh, and it doesn't take a lot yeah but um yeah just be good. cognizant of it yeah. and then my my final question uh and this is more so for me personally do you mm. have any book recommendations uh, well, what are you reading yes. currently? So, well, currently I'm reading a book called Spy Mistress. Okay. Um, it's about a woman named Vera Atkins, uh, who ran the uh, special uh, operations branch uh, for the UK uh, in the Second World War. Oh wow! Um, she is like an amazing woman. That's awesome. Um, she's basically Sounds was like a total a, badass. Yeah, she was like yeah. a career spy. Oh wow! Um, like a career spy. Right. Uh, you know, like her her like she um, apparently her father's um, kind of great wisdom in life was always be vague. Right, <laughs> like she was just like bred to be a spy. Also applies to tech. Right, right. Um, but uh, the reason I really like the Vera Atkins as a person, and I, and I wanted to learn more about her, is because um, during the Second World War, she lost a lot of agents uh, oh, in wow. the field. They lost about a hundred agents, right. uh, and I think they had about four hundred, so like right. a good percentage. Um, but then her branch got shut down, and what she did 
is she personally went and found every agent. So she found some in like graves. She found fun, some, found wow. some in prisons. Like, and she went and, and brought everyone home she could, and she marked the graves of everyone. Incredible. So like a very very cool woman. Yeah. Um, and I'm always interested in um what people do in moments of great stress, right? Uh, and a great like trial. Like my mother has this like, and I'm sure she stole it from some board somewhere, whatever. <laughs> sure. But she has this thing she always told us, which is um, uh, you can judge it. You can only judge a man's character in the bad times. Right. Right. So it's like, those are the times you need to shine yeah. when you're, when you're happy in the good times or when you're a great person, when you're like, you're making tons of money, of you're, yeah. everyone can be a good person. Not everyone is, but everyone can yes, be that's true. when, you know, the tough times are when you actually get to, to see a person's character. Right. The other book, my book of recommendation though, um, is the Prince, um, by Machiavelli. I've heard of that. Yeah. And it is so crazy when you read that book, but when you read kingdom, yeah. Replace tech company. Oh, interesting. It is literally, yeah, it's a little, I understand. Because that's, that, that's I, on my reading to do yeah, list. Like I mean, I understand I'm pitching be, to be Machiavellian, sure. which is a little bit sketchy. Sure. So put, put a little bit of a good <laughs> moral. Yeah, but, but it is amazing when you actually read that book and you realize just how much of it applies to your business uh, and, and to the tech community at large. Um, so one of the pieces of advice in there is um, when you're trying to, to conquer another nation, um, you should uh, ally with armies of equal or lesser strength than your own so that you can conquer them when you need to, <laughs> right? So awesome. when you think about that, you say like, oh, we're partnering with Amazon, right? okay? Well, and truth be told, like, partnering often is just, you know, speak for, it's a M&A totally. trial, so right. fine. If you go around that path, that's, this doesn't speak to that. But if you're genuinely trying to, um, to build a partnership where you want to come out as the leader, the you, you think that's important, space, yeah. then you need to... <clears throat> Remember this idea, like, well, why would I go partner with someone who's 10 times larger than me and then think I'm going to come out on top, right? right? And it's, it's just it's just lots of little lessons where you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's nothing crazy. You could have sure. figured it out, but, it but it's interesting to, it out to, I like that. I like that replacing the word. Yeah. There's a really good web comic that it's like corporate lessons from Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. No. Oh, it's great. I'll, I'll try and dig it up and send it to you. Um, but it's basically like, um, look for specialists from the opposing team. Yeah. And there's like, it's like fire everywhere and there's like a, there's like a burning oil van and like catapults and he's yep. like, I hear you're good with siege engines. How would you like a job? <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and then they're like, the la I think the last, the last like web like bit yeah. is um, they're all standing on a hill just yeah. like fire in the background like Genghis Khan's up on this and he's got his army it's like, you only get one chance for a first impression. Like it's 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 money. Like it's it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, I don't have anything anything else. And obviously, I want to thank you for your time. And I really do appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast. Um, plugs. What would you like to? Where can people find more of you? Yeah. So uh, check out growthautomation.org. That's a new community site we're building. Um, really talking about this problem of customer marketing being broken and, and how we can fix it. Uh, it's inclusive. By all means, come in. Let us know if you got the content you want us to share. Uh, it's just about uh, helping people figure out um, solutions to their problems. Uh, also, feel free to take a look at sasquatch.com. That's S-A-A-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H.com um, to take a look at some of our new products that's coming out. Um, and if you want to find me personally, uh, I'm on Twitter at GetFraser. Very nice. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Uh